Hello, this is Tiernan from Tiernan's Tea Time. This week we get into UFC 292, talk about the Sugar Show and how he dominated Sterling in their phantom weight bout. But then we get into my beloved Cowboys. We talk about some news, some potential things that potential moves that I think they should actually do. And then we talk about a little bit about the birth experience that I recently had, mainly for people that are almost to the point where they, they're going to be in that situation. People who are either nine months out or expecting their wife, girlfriend, whatever, to go any day. So I hope you guys enjoy, and I'll see you on the next everybody let's get into it so as i'm sure you know last week ufc 292 ended with a fucking bang and we all can say welcome to the sugar show baby because this dude dominated now obviously sean o'malley won the bantamweight title against sterling with a shocking knockout wasn't so shocking but i don't think anybody expected it to go down the way it went down um i did think he was going to win um as i'm sure a lot of people actually didn't i mean if i were a betting man i probably would have bet on sterling just of how many times he actually defended the belt but regardless unfortunately i didn't get to see it um well fortunately unfortunately my uh my son was born the day before um but i did get to watch some of the prelims in the hospital which actually were really good and really entertaining Especially some of the um, Ultimate Fighter ones, they were really good. But I, I had a feeling, I had a feeling that O'Malley was going to win. Uh, like I said, just up, just based off how many times Sterling defended the belt already, and I just felt like the king has to go down at some point. You know, somebody's going to do it. He's not going to win forever. I mean, even fucking Mike Tyson got fucking knocked to the ground once and lost. Like it's going to happen at some point, and. O'Malley was already on the rise, and he, he's been on the rise for a while. He's been more of a, a popular name. He has been kind of, kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say he's been kind of dominating because he's not just like running through everybody. Like the Peter Yan fight was definitely a really close fight, and it lasted the distance, obviously. It was a full, full fight. Um, this one only, only lasted till the second round, which made it even better, but... He he has been doing really good in the in the bantamweight division for sure. You, nobody can really deny that. Um, so he he's been beating like big guys, especially Peter. That was that was the biggest guy he's beaten yet. Um, and I I just felt like he if it were if it were to be somebody, it was going to be him. Um, and it's so funny because I. I've been seeing him for a while. Like you know him, you know his face just by his look. His it's the face tattoos, it's the fucking hair. You know him even if you don't really pay attention to the UFC. And I've known him for a while, didn't really think much of him. And then fight week came and I'm watching all of his interviews and things like that and I'm I'm fucking loving him. He's such a chill dude. And I was I was rooting the fucking shit out of him. Got me so hyped for that fight. I was so mad I couldn't watch it. Um, but obviously, I, I 
next one. Just get it. it was a good reason why I couldn't watch it, to say the least. So when he goes and defends that title, I'll definitely be watching. We'll see if it's against Cheeto or not. Um, but he O'Malley was right. He the whole week he said he was gonna he had to do was just not let him take lot not let him take him down because obviously Sterling's biggest thing is his jujitsu and his ground game, hundred percent. All he said he's like I'm not gonna let him take him down and I'm gonna find his chin and that's exactly what he did. That's literally exactly what happened. So I I loved I loved the way it went down. I was so so hyped. I my my girlfriend too. We were in the hospital right that night because the fight was going until like one thirty in the morning. So I literally stayed up the entire time, just refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter, just trying to find just or in Instagram too on the UFC page, just just waiting to see what the the update was. And when I found out, I bug i i literally yelled and she was like are you all right and i was like fuck yeah i was so hyped um and it it just was such a good fight and there was a lot of good moments in it especially even in the first round um and like i said before it was it was it was just cherry on top that he he said what was gonna happen he he said that the entire week um and so after after the fight, O'Malley immediately called out Cheeto, uh, which some people thought was a weak move since O'Malley previously fought him during UFC 252. I I was lukewarm about it. Cheeto was another one that, like, even before I was really paying attention to the UFC, I started to see him a lot and people talk about him as being one of the best bantamweights. And I'm indifferent about it. Like I like it and I don't like it. I I definitely want to see another rematch. I want to see him go against Sterling again, and that's definitely going to happen. It'll probably happen if whoever he fights, whether it's it's Cheeto or Henry or even Corey, he could he could fight Corey too. Um, whoever it is, it'll probably be after that, and especially if obviously he defends the belt. So if he fights one of those guys, defends the belt, then I think it'll happen right after that. We'll see. We'll see how it happens, though. We'll see if he actually can defend it. I think he will, though. I would like to see him even fight Peter again. I think that would be awesome, especially everybody bugged out about that. Didn't think that he actually won. And Peter himself was like, you could see in the video when the judges announced who won, he kind of was just baffled he made a face like are you kidding me but it was it was that kind of fight where it was so close that it both parties felt like they won because it was that close and i mean it is what it is that's what happens and people i i hate when people too think that it's just like rigged right after that it's like oh did they just want all out it's like fuck no dude peter is a way bigger name why wouldn't they want the bigger name i don't know bullshit it's all bullshit um but so one of those four guys, Peter, Corey, um, Cejudo, or Cheeto, we'll see. Um, I, I think it probably will be Cheeto because Cheeto right off the bat, too, was down. They've been talking a lot of shit, but Cejudo was just like going at him also. He was just saying this just like weird shit to him and saying he sucked and all this. But like it was in a, it, not just saying he sucked. It was just the way he said it was super weird because he O'Malley was literally getting interviewed and he just was like in the background like talking shit and then on Twitter he bugged out. It's like shut the fuck up, dude. Um, 
I think he'll get fucked up. Honestly, people like that who like to bark a lot in that way where it's just like ridiculous and you're you're the person who's getting barked at is just like uh what are you doing, dude? Those people that bark like that usually are the ones that get fucked up. Um they're just so irrationally they just get irrationally mad and just lose it. Especially in fighting, that's the worst thing you could do. That's when I was doing when I was doing MMA. That I was so hyped because I was like, "Oh, I can get all this anger out, different stuff like that." And the for, one of the first things they told me was, "You, this is like the last place you want to get angry and go off because you're gonna only make the person who you're fighting laugh at you because you're just gonna start throwing all this different stuff. You're you're gonna have your hands down. You're not really gonna be protecting yourself as much. You just want to pummel this other person, and they're just gonna strategically demolish you, and you're gonna get fucked up. That's just what's gonna happen. So." Either way, I'm looking forward to this next fight. Um, these past couple weeks, like I said, have made me such like a huge Sugar fan. He's not my favorite fighter, but he's definitely up there. And I, I, I love his antics. I love the look. I'm so like that guy too. If I was, if I was a fighter, I'd probably be like that. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure I'll have face tattoos. Maybe not face tattoos like him. I don't love his face tattoos, but I'm sure I'll have some sort of face tattoo and i i dye my i i used to dye my hair like crazy i i actually haven't i was just thinking about dyeing it again but i don't think i will um i went on a long stretch where i, I used to dye dye to rainbow and stuff like that too so i love that stuff um but it was also what another thing that was really cool was that this card brought to light a new fighter that i actually love and i'm definitely gonna keep my eye on as time goes on and that guy is ian gary I'm mean, he's he's also coming up in the ranks. He actually just went up two spots um in the upcoming Walter Weight uh division and he like I said he jumped off two rankings after dominating Neil Magny. I think that's how you say his name, Magny in UFC 292. Uh went the full 3 rounds, but he murdered just like murdered him in all categories. He had 111 total strikes against Magny's 51, which is insane. He had two t- two takedowns versus Magny's zero takedowns he had 91 significant strikes versus magni's 27 um and he's just what i love most about him is his fuck you attitude he's like very similar uh to mcgregor where he's just a loud instigator instigator and it's funny because he's fucking irish and he's he kind of sounds like him and he he clearly looks up to him because there's a lot of footage of him um in the arenas and stuff like he's he's doing mcgregor like movements he's saying mcgregor things like the takeover stuff like that every time he sees a picture of mcgregor he like he'll take a picture in front of it um he's definitely embodying that new almost just like that new mcgregor position he wants to take over like that um and i think he'd be the next big thing similar to to sugar honestly he's he in the way obviously in the welterweight division um but he's the same sort of thing where he he's he's confident, not cocky. He he has good morals and stuff like that. That that was a big thing with the Neil Magny fight because Neil Magny was like bragging about beating his kid sort of thing, and he was totally against that, which I loved. Um, and he's he's just loud. He's a great fighter. He's a huge. He's like one of the best strikers, arguably in that division. Which Sugar is the same thing in the bantamweight division. And the, I don't know. He's he's one of the tallest guys. He's 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 actually the tallest UFC welterweight actually in the top fifteen. He's six three, 
and he's got a 74 inch wingspan which also holds up pretty well a lot of people have that kind of wingspan in that division but with the height it's pretty unmatched um it's a really tough division though but i i, I believe in him i mean he he's really been murdering people out here um i mean in that division you got leon edwards who obviously has the belt right now you got usman you got kaz Kamzat. i can't say his name but you know who i'm talking about uh you got muhammad etc like you got a lot of top guys in there who i don't know I'm, I'm sure his next fight is definitely going to be his biggest hopefully it's on the same card as um i know sugar's trying to get on the same card as mcgregor and chandler if that actually happens it better happen but if that actually happens um i know he's trying to get under that card in december hopefully ian can get under the same one that would be awesome especially if if mcgregor and him fought on the same night and hopefully won that'd be awesome mcgregor's up there too one of my favorite if you don't already know um, like I said, he's extremely dominant. He's currently 13-0, and 0, seven wins by knockout, one submission, and four first-round finishes. Um, he also dominated the – I forget what it's called, but it's the cage fighting show. And um, he dominated and, and murdered everybody and won that show too. Um, he definitely has the nickname The Future for a reason. Um, and I'm just excited to see what how his career goes and how everybody goes. Um, this is the first UFC segment, and I hope you guys enjoyed Definitely not going to be the last. This is coming up. I don't know if it's just because I'm so excited for some of the cards that are coming up. Um, and same thing with like football season. I don't know if it's just because I'm so excited. But right now, they are definitely feeling like they're almost coming up above my love for the NBA. Um, partly just because of how much how different it's ran and what I feel like the NBA is kind of just just tanking a little bit. Um, in terms of fouls and all this, this fucking, uh, I don't even want to get into it. It's okay. I'm going to go on a log tangent, but like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, we're going to take a break before we get in the next topic. So now we get to talk about my beloved Cowboys. So Friday, August 25th, it was announced that Trey Lance was traded to my Dallas Cowboys for a single fourth round pick. Now, this caused a ton of commotion because nobody really gets why the Cowboys would go after Trey specifically because they have three other quarterbacks on their roster. But then also, too, just because of the level of play he's been showing uh, the past few years. Granted, it's not much. Hasn't really been able to play that much. But still, he, when he gets the opportunity, he shits the bed. Now, Adam Schefter did come out with a report saying that he thinks Trey Lance was just an insurance policy for Dak. Because his contract, I, I believe it's next year, is coming to an end. And they haven't openly been discussing about or speaking about resigning him. And also just because they ought, they get solid quarterbacks who have been late draft round pick or late round picks or undrafted. Romo and Dak are both examples of, examples of this, and they were pretty much their franchise guys for years. So 
that's kind of his thinking on it. They did come out with another article, though, the Cowboys saying that, pretty much denying it, saying that, no, he's not an insurance policy, it's bullshit. Now, I don't really agree. I think they had, I don't really agree with any of them. I I think the Cowboys had a really solid team, no doubt. I don't think anybody can deny that. I think they're just missing a few pieces in order to make a real solid run. And I actually think they acquired Trey Lance so they could use one of their QBs as trade bait. And my first thought when that happened was, okay, they're going after Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Now, when you really break it down, it doesn't make much sense because obviously they have Tony Pollard. But then even if you swap them, right, Taylor's not as durable and he kind of comes with some baggage. If you if in the NFL, it's different in the NBA where you have star players requesting trades, demanding trades all the time. And it's like, oh, okay. But in the NFL, it's a little different. And for me at least, that was a I was like, what the fuck? When he Jonathan went out there and was like, told the Colts that he wanted out, and it was a whole drama thing. So it's a it's a bigger deal, and you don't really want somebody like that on your team. And he also gets hurt a lot and different things like that. But it was interesting comparing the two because when you do compare Pollard stats and Taylor stats, if you really look at the numbers, Taylor wipes the fucking floor with Pollard when you're when you're looking at rushing statistics. Now, granted, too, Pollard wasn't as big of a deal as Taylor right out the gate. Obviously, like we all know, he was behind Zeke. And then when Zeke kind of went down on the totem pole, I believe he got hurt. Then he got his start. Because I actually had him on fantasy that year. And Pollard went off. And then when Zeke kind of just started to go down the totem pole regardless, he just really embraced that role and went crazy. And he actually had his best season last year, which is good. But I, I he's hurt right now. And they keep saying he's going to come back in time. But who knows? And... But when you're comparing the both of them, like I said, Taylor just demolishes him in rushing statistics. But Pollard destroys Taylor when it looks at when you're looking at receiving statistics. So you can make a case like Taylor hasn't really been given the chance as Pollard has with opportunities to to catch and receive. So who knows what it would be like if he did if they had the same role. But it's interesting when you're when you're looking at both of them and you're like, oh. Maybe maybe they could make a move with him if they did a swap like that, but then they would still have four QBs under the roster. So I actually I thought that was I, I think it's kind of a dumb move. I don't think they should do that. So my question after that was, all right, what do the Cowboys need? And I mean they fa- they ranked fairly high last season on the offensive end, right? They were second in rushing TDs, tied for ninth in receiving TDs. Fifth in overall points differential, and eighth in total yardage, which was good. And on the other side of the field, they had a sixty-two percent pass completion rate, which is pretty average. It's not it's not terrible. They were tied for second in total sacks with the Patriots, which I was actually surprised about. Um, they were fifth in interceptions, and they were tied for third with the Titans in la- in the last amount of rushing TDs allowed. So. They didn't allow a ton of rushing TDs. They were third in the league. Unfortunately, though, they were pretty high on the totem pole when you're looking at how many passing TDs their defense allowed compared to the rest of the league. So, I mean, they were tied 14th with Rams, Seahawks, Vikings with 23 passing TDs allowed. So that's not great. Clearly, that's an issue. Um, they were 
really high in, to- in terms of uh, rushing, not allowing many rushing TDs. They were third. So clearly passing is the issue. Now, they just acquired Stephon Gilmore, who this might be a hot take, who I think they should actually dump. I think they should actually go out and trade him and get a better, not even a better because he's all right, but a younger, more explosive cornerback. Now, granted, he wasn't there last year. This could be a step up. Who knows? But if you're looking at him and you're getting down to brass tacks, the man is 32 years old, which is not needing a walker old for the NFL. But you're at the point of where retirement is in the near future, and you're definitely thinking about it, And it's especially at his position. It's different if you're a QB or someone on the line, like a center or something like that, where you don't really need as much speed, quickness, and mobility. Like on the flip of a dime, um, the you, like Ben Roethlisberger, pudgy quarterback. You don't really need. It's like a pitcher in baseball. You don't really need that much. I mean, it would help if you were. If you want to be a dual threat QB, hell yeah, makes you so much better. But it's not a necessity, especially if you have a cannon. Um, and then as a center too, it's it's you definitely need to be quick. I guess when they actually snap, like on the, off the snap, but it's mainly just strength. You have to, and you can do that. Like there's no doubt, you can be older and strong as hell for sure. So, I I think it's I think it's a big deal uh, in the cornerback position. You're you're gonna be like for example, you're gonna be going against a Garrett Wilson who basically grew up watching you play. That's how old this guy is. And he's a super special top wide receiver. And it's it's frightening. He's fast. He's quick. He can make he can just slant on a dime. And this guy, he's gonna get hurt. He's like a hundred percent gonna get hurt. So and I mean his durability has all already been all over the place his entire career. And like I said, his risk goes up at the older he gets, and he's he's just gonna get hurt. Um if we're really breaking it down, he only had two interceptions for the Colts last season, which is like way below average. Wait, there were so many guys ahead of him. And he had 53 solo sacks last season. Or not sacks, tackles, excuse me. Last season, which is a career high. But it's not even in the 20, not in the, even in the top 25 out of defensive backs. Top 25. And this is supposed to be like your huge recruit. Um, I, I don't know how this guy was in the pro bowl last year. I'm like, everybody must've gotten hurt and they just needed somebody because the stats don't lie. And as a Cowboys fan, he looks like a declining asset that some people think might have worth. Like they just came out with an article today saying that how happy they were to have him because he's almost like the Yoda for everybody else because he is that veteran guy that can talk him up. But Great, you have a veteran. You can have a veteran on your team. It's always good to have veterans on your team, but not in a in a vital position like that. Where last year that was your biggest weakness. That was your biggest weakness, besides obviously quarterback health. That those two, that was the top two biggest issue, and that's the only way, only spot really defensively where you were ranked out of the like top five or the top ten. It's like, why wouldn't you want to patch that hole up, man? 
get rid of that dude, get a younger, better cornerback, and let's rock and roll, baby. Like, come on. And why wouldn't you throw, like I said, why wouldn't you throw him, maybe Lance or Dak? Spice it up. But speaking of Dak, another position they could definitely use an upgrade is the QB1 spot. I mean, Dak has never played a full 17-game season. His pass completion rate plateaued and dipped over the past three seasons. His total TDs have been mediocre. I mean, except 2021, he was where he was like fifth in the league. He, that year, was he went crazy. Um, he led the league in total interceptions with only playing 12 games, which I thought was insane. He had 15 interceptions. His total career success rate is 49%. And his QBR has bounced around, but has really been mediocre in the past two years. Um, He showed signs of being the man in the beginning. Obviously, that's how he became how he is. But after six seasons, zero Super Bowl appearances, shitting the bed in the playoffs, and he's turning 30. So I, I think it should be a change. And obviously, 30 is not so old for a QB, but it's still pretty old. It, it really is. It's really the greats, like the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, who can really, like, play, and it, hopefully the Pat Mahomes in the future, can really play to, like, 40, 44. Like, you know what I mean? And Dak's already shows he's declining. Nobody's really high on Dak anymore. The stats don't really like him either, and it should be a change. So if you put Stephon Gilmore in him, you're definitely going to get something good back. And I think, honestly, I think they sh- they could go with Coop and pretty much get maybe even the same or a little improved results. And that's fine. That's good for like a, a second. Like they were that good last year. They were so good that the main quarterback was her, only played 12 games, wasn't playing well. And then you had the second string come in and like and go nuts for four games and get you four wins back to back to back. Um, they were that good, so just imagine if they had him the full year, and or they could get somebody like who's all right. I don't think Trey Lance is the guy, but he could definitely be just your second string and work with him. Hopefully, mold him and he can be something. But right now, they got to make some moves. And I think getting rid of that cornerback and maybe even Dak is a, is a good start. So that's what I'm thinking for the Cowboys this season. Um, I'm really excited for this season to start. Uh, we're going to do a lot of football content. I can't fucking wait. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Let's take one last break before we get in the next time. Okay, so as I'm sure most of you know, I actually did an Instagram post the other day saying my son was born. I posted him a little bit, so I'm sure most of you guys who are tuning in know my son was born last week. So he is now, today, I'm recording this on August 27th, um, he is now a week and two days old. So I thought I'd go over the experience a little bit and maybe give some advice to people that are maybe... 
in the same situation right now or are close to it, like even if you are nine months out, I think it is good. I think I wish I maybe listened a little more to some advice. I did have a coworker who helped me out a lot. My dad actually surprisingly was going through the same thing. So that was also really good. But so it was so funny too, because I, I literally, I recorded my podcast. I recorded, I recorded episode 11 um, in my little office area, which is upstairs. And I actually made a video and posted saying that if there was any content that wasn't out on time, anything like that, it was probably because my son was born. Um, just because my, my girlfriend was, we, we, well, she, she was, but it almost feels like a we, we were a week and three days, no, a week and two days past our due date, which is big. And we were talking about inducing, we actually scheduled an appointment to induce the following Monday. So, which I actually thought she was going to get to, but regardless, I made that video to just in case if no content was coming out in terms of a preview for the episode, different things like that. It was because my son was born because he could go at any time. And it was so funny because right when I go downstairs, she's in labor. Um, it was insane. So it didn't happen as you expect. So I came downstairs. She's in a weird position watching a movie. I'm like, what the fuck? And she just had her contraction just ended. And you'd expect her to either bug out or even in the middle of my podcast run upstairs and be like, oh, my God, this is what's happening. It was not like that at all. So I came downstairs. She was in that position. Told me she was having some weird feelings, a lot of pain. I was like, okay. Like, and she, and it wasn't like out of the normal. She would feel different new sensations all the time and would be in pain. And it was kind of just how it was. And you're like, all right, like if the water breaks, let me know. You know what I mean? There's not much you can really do about that. So that's kind of how I was thinking. And I actually brought my computer down um, and did a little bit of editing. I didn't really need to edit that pod much. And I put it on the queue so it would go out automatically at the given time. And I made a little content just to have, just in case anything, I, I put some drafts on my Instagram and uh, TikTok and different things like that. If you're not following those, go follow them. Um, all at Tiernan's Tea Time. Then she was on the phone with her mom. I had headphones on. I was listening to the audio. Um, I heard something about 15 minutes apart. And I was like hmm, well, what the fuck is that? And I didn't really think too much of it because I thought she would have told me, um, which she didn't. So then she just, I was, she got off the phone. I took my headphones off and I was like, uh, 15 minutes, huh? Like, what is that? And she just didn't really say anything and just went directly upstairs saying she was going to take a shower, get some clothes. And I was like, okay. So she's up there for a while. Eight minutes passed by. Something's obviously wrong. She's not getting takes two seconds to get clothes and come downstairs you're not up there for eight minutes so i finished all my stuff i went on the uh on the stairs and right when i went on the stairs she was coming out and she looked she appeared like she was just crying so i was like what's going on i could give her a hug or whatever i'm like what's going on like you're all right sort of thing i thought maybe it was just nerves or whatever because it's it's a super hormonal period like the entire pregnancy is hormones all over the place She'll cry and she doesn't even know why. It just that's just how it is. So I thought maybe it was something like that. And then she told me like something's going on. Um, 
I think she's in contraction. She's having contractions. She's in labor. And I'm like, okay. Going in the bathroom. And immediately, just what you'd expect is going on. Happens. So she's crying after every contraction. They're getting super intense. We go in the shower, which helps a lot. She's bouncing on the ball a bit. Uh, yoga ball. Um, and I start like any person. And it, I start counting the contractions. Um, if... You guys don't know what to do, how to do it. So her, you have to be, you have to have contractions five minutes apart for one minute duration for one hour. And that's when you go to the hospital, okay? So you can have contractions for so long. If they're not five minutes apart, don't go. Um, So I was expecting them to be like seven minutes, 10 minutes apart, whatever, and I went on the Baby Center app. If you don't know that app and you're expecting a baby, definitely get it. Um, they have a free contraction calculator there. So, I timer. I was using that, right? And first one, minute. I was like, okay. I'm, and second one, two minutes. Next one was three minutes. Next one was one minute. Next one was two minutes. And I'm like, all right, I got to be doing something wrong here. And her mom actually sent me a text asking, like, all right, how's she doing? Like, what are her contractions looking like? I sent her a screenshot of that. And she was like, uh, what the fuck? Go to the hospital. And I was freaking out because I was like, uh, I have to be doing something wrong. And they were getting the ready to leave and go. I was like, I got to be doing something wrong. Um, but I called I called the hospital and I was like, all right, is this all right? Because I, I previously called them. But I called them back to let them know that they were this close apart. And they were like, they seemed like they were a little skeptical because obviously it was so quick. This was maybe like uh, like 30 minutes after I previously called them saying she was in labor. So they seemed a little skeptical. Understandably so, I was too. But I was freaking out because I got a bunch of people. I got three people saying shit to me at the same time. So they're like, all right, come in. Worst case scenario, we have to send you out. We don't have a room yet. And I'm like, okay. Like, and that's a little nerve-wracking, too, because you're, like, 30 minutes away. So, okay. So, getting her to the car was a absolute journey. That was rough. But once we got her in there, we got her in there. And we went to the hospital, went in, and we get in there, right? We get her on, on, get her on the bed, got the midwife and the nurse come in, things like that. They check her out. She's seven centimeters dilated. Seven. How, like... What the fuck? It went by. It went so quick. And I think it was the shower. Um, It was super fast. You're not supposed to be that dilated when you go in. Because obviously you have to get 10, 10 centimeters and then he comes out or she comes out. Very far along. So get in there and it's just a mess. She's in so much pain. Um, We get in the shower. We're using the shower for like an hour, two hours. That helped a lot. Then she gets to like eight, about eight, eight and a half. Um, and we start using the nitrous oxide, which didn't really do much as we expect. She, So it's basically the laughing gas, which everybody knows. I'm sure that's the title you guys would know it, not the nitric. Um, but is it nitrous? Is it nitric or nitrous? It might be nitrous. I might actually just be saying that wrong the entire time. Whatever. Um so every contraction, she's supposed to put that on her mouth and breathe in. But then after the contraction is over, she takes it out. And 
she basically glued that thing to her face. Um, was barely breathing any oxygen. It was just taking in the gas. Um, so that was a struggle, just trying to get it off her face, all that stuff. Um, it must have helped somehow because of why would she glue it to her face otherwise. Um, but then it got to a point, she got to nine, like nine and a half kind of, where it was too much and it barely wasn't doing anything. So we're like, all right, we need epidural. She wants epidural. That was a whole process. Big, like the biggest needle I've ever seen. Um, she gets that kind of painful, but it was probably the best thing she could have done. Honestly, obviously it comes with its own risks, but it allowed her to actually sleep for like an hour or two and chill out. Um, cause she, it was super intense before that. Um, she could not even think about pushing him out cause of how much pain she was already in. So conks out for two hours or so. Um, I believe this was like, yeah, I think it started at like one or two, three in the morning around there. Conks out. I'm pretty wired. Her mom's pretty wired. Her sister's knocked out in the corner. Um, which is all good. I wish I was asleep too. I couldn't really fall asleep. I ended up falling asleep for like 20 minutes. Um, in a, in a really awkward position. And I don't think your mom even slept, which sucked. Um, but I mean, it all worked out. So then after that, my mom's in the waiting room. So I was going out and talking to my mom for a little bit, coming back. And so they actually wake her up and they're like, all right, like it's time to push. You know what I mean? They pop her water. They manually break her water, which I thought was interesting. And we start pushing. So we only put, she only pushed for like 20 minutes too. It went so fast. I think in total it was around 12 hours in labor or something like that, but for some of it, she was sleeping. Some of it wasn't that intense. So real, real intense labor really wasn't that long. Um, so about 20 minutes, pop them out. And it was insane how just how crazy it all gets, how crazy it is. I actually felt his head while he was still in there. And watching his like crown come out, that was my thought the whole time. So I saw his crown, crown of his head, like out just a little bit. And I thought that was his entire head. And I was like, how small are they really? Like newborns. I was like, that looks freakishly small. And when this, he popped out so fast, like where they had to like basically catch him. It was so fast. And like, there was all this fluid that went crazy when he flew out. It was like a water park. Go down a water slide and like the kids go down the slide, hit the water at the bottom. That's exactly how it was. And he was huge. He was eight pounds, two ounces, which is a big baby. And he was long. He was 21 inches long. He was really long. Um, he was obviously puffy and stuff like that for being in there and coming out. Um, and he lost some weight when he came out. Um, his last couple of days, he, he dropped some weight, but he's starting to pick back up. All in all, it was a crazy experience. Um, my advice to any father is really just when you're in that moment and they're bugging out just like do do what they ask you kind of and just find a way to help out and a lot of times where there wasn't a moment for me to really do anything i would just kind of hold her hand or like have an arm on her shoulder like rubbing her shoulder or something like that or like i would i was saying a lot like 
you're doing so good, you're doing so good, like, keep going, keep going, like, stuff like that, like, kind of encouraging, but not to the point where it's annoying, um, I did say a couple things that annoyed her, (laughs) which is expected, but that's my advice, is really just do, try to find a hand in whatever you're doing, right, if, if she wants the yoga ball, go get the yoga ball, and when she's bouncing on it, just kind of be there almost as a safety, net if she does slip or something like that she's going in the shower hold the shower held head and put it on the spot she wants if if she's laying there asleep just be right next to her like that's it things like that um because obviously it's their own journey there's not much else you can actually do um but lending like a helping hand is really all you can do and the best thing to do um so that's what i recommend i also too Staying calm. Staying calm is a huge thing. I was I was really good at that. That's the one thing I'll say I was really good at. I was never really I was overwhelmed in the beginning where there's too many just too many voices going around talking to me and telling me what to do. That's and I was like, okay, like everybody needs to shut the fuck up in my head. Um so I can figure this out. Other than that, I was once we got to the hospital, I was in the car, I was calm i was like all right this is this is what i imagined this is like this is how it's going it's not anything crazy um staying calm if you're not calm they're not going to be calm um she's not going to be calm regardless but she's going to be worse if you're not calm um so that's my advice i just just kind of be there do what needs to be done um it doesn't matter how big or how small so i don't want to talk i don't want to do a crazy long thing about it it's obviously my experience i don't want to bore people with my experience because what i mean it's not that interesting it's it's interesting to me because it's what happened to me but to other people listening it's it's not that crazy maybe people who know me yeah you'll be entertained but um i apologize you can skip the well if you're listening to this you haven't skipped it so to the people that have had kids and things like that y'all y'all know um, but this is mainly for people who are maybe close to their due date, who are maybe even nine months out, who are, who, anybody who's in that process, there you go. Uh, that advice is for you. I know it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like something Gandalf would, would tell you, uh, in middle earth, but it is useful. It sounds simple, but trust me, it is useful. Um, so that's the end of the pod. I hope you guys enjoyed I had a lot of fun researching, diving deep into my special Cowboys um, and talking about the UFC 292. I thought that was great. Um, I'm really excited to to keep mentioning that. Let me know how you what you what you guys want. I feel like I feel like you guys favor a lot of NBA talk, which I love. Um, but right now, it's not really the best time for the NBA. So let me know if you guys do like the UFC and football content. Um, mainly on Instagram, Tyrion's Tea Time, but I'm also on TikTok. I'm also on YouTube. I'm also on Twitter. I'm actually working right now. I'm trying to get, I want to get to the point where I can launch just putting out the full episodes, visual episodes on YouTube. I think that'll be awesome. And I'm, I'm getting kind of close to that. I, I, it's, it's mainly just, camera issues uh it's mainly just camera issues but hopefully in the near future i can fix that so i hope you guys enjoyed let me know what you guys think and i'll see you in the next one Peace.